Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, The Atom Number 28, cover date January 1967, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Gil Kane, edited by Julius Schwartz, featuring The Time Standstill Thefts, written by Gardner Fox, art by Gil Kane and Sid Green. And The Hundred Thousand Atoms of Ivy Town, written by Gardner Fox, art by Gil Kane and Sid Green. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go! When a series of thefts occur involving timepieces and each one involving a sudden, inexplicable disappearance, Ray Palmer deduces that Kronos has returned. Meanwhile, Ray visits his fiancée Jean Loring and witnesses her shrink to tiny size. He brings the unconscious girl back to his lab to restore her size using ultraviolet light. Ray then notices that all the people in Ivy Town have also begun to shrink. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Time will make the flowers grow. Time will melt the icy snow. Time can make the forest from a drop of dew. But to make me forget your love, yes, to make me forget your love is gonna take When there's been a crime in your neighborhood, do, 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 who are you going to call? The Adam! Nope, not no. first. Your first call is going to be the tenured professor of physics at your local university. Oh. He'll take care of finding the Adam. Oh, he will. He's secretly the Adam. Okay. Um, hi. Hello. How you been? Oh, it was a rough week. Oh, it was a rough week, let me tell you. Oh, yes. You know, classes have ended, Mm -hmm. and um, grades are in, and people are getting ready to go away. And so, you know, we're just sort of taking care of business here, uh, taking care of things at the end of the the year. So it's been a a busy week. And, um, you know, I've been trying to get this poor old body of mine uh, uh, thinner uh, and getting back into some more vigorous exercise. And boy, did I really... Um, hurt myself this oh, week. No, 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 I didn't actually injure myself. It was that I went from zero to I'm 52 years old. So let's just say I went from zero to 52 miles an hour in in uh, a training uh, uh, exercise this week that my body wasn't anticipating, and so my body made me pay for it for three days. At a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm really happy to be here. It's been a beautiful Saturday. Beautiful yes. Saturday. 
I went for a little jog with Captain Butler and um, talked to our neighbor across the street. Um, they're going to get a dog. Who? Maybe two. Who? Our neighbor across the street. Which? The couple or the single lady? The couple. The couple. Oh. Yes. Well, so, they had their poor old Duke. Well, yes. Died. He asked me about uh, Captain Butler's breed. Uh-huh. And he said, does he shed? And I said, oh. He sheds. Yes, yes he does. He sheds. So he doesn't like a dog that sheds. So anyway, who does? Um, huh? Who does? Yeah. So did some housework today. Got the laundry almost taken care of. Gonna play guitar after we do this. It's a beautiful Saturday. The light just came on on the timer here uh, on our on our um, podcast recording area. studio. Recording studio. And so uh, I am so excited to be here with you today. I, of course, have been sick. Have been sick all week. All week with a cold. I had to drive to Washington, D.C. for the dress rehearsal of the children's nativity pageant this morning. Yes. And I'm all but crippled for this pain in my shoulder blade. I don't know what to do. You went to a massage therapist. I did. You have been massaging it with with various massage appliances Uh that we have. Vibrating things. Yeah. I also had that crook thing that you told me. Oh, my God. The body back, buddy. And you you basically bruised yourself back there from, yes. from working on it for some. And I've tried to help, but it's not. Really There's good. no help to be had. I'm in agony. I'm going to have to be put down. <laughs> and so, of course, yeah. I've been cooking. If you haven't checked out Doctor Bob's Kitchen on YouTube, that's K I T S C H E N. Just check it out. It's so much fun. Oh, it is a torture delightful. to Doctor Husband and. Uh, you got me this. You I'll got link me with it. ones today. I'll tell you. you I'll link did. it on our social medias at GoGoCheckPod. You can find everything there. Yeah. Speaking of running out of time, mm-hmm. which I wasn't, but I am now. Okay. Kronos is back, or is it Kronos? Well, let's call him Krono- Kronos. Let's. You know what? What we miss? I, you, I purposefully mispronounce everyone when it's like Aquaman and so we call uh-huh. Aqu- Aquaman and Batman. Let's call him Kronos. Okay. Cronus. Cronus is back again, and it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) The clockwork crook in the time standstill thefts. This is the Adam number 28, Dr. Husband. What? We have entered Mm -hmm. a new year. January 1967. Does that mean that we are possibly halfway through our series? Uh, Let's see. We started February 1966. That's February, March, April, May, June, July. That's 11 months. And uh, <laughs> shut up. I hate you. <laughs> I'm just going to do math in my head. <laughs> Wait, how, many, how, many, how many months are in a 12. It's not, it's, not, it's not anything above first grade math, Bob. Um, anyway, now we're in January. Yes. And we're going to August 1967. <gasps> oh, God. There's an end of the sight. John, you <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> then we're starting a new podcast. <gasps> We are? Yes. Why? Well, after we get done, then we're going to have to do all of the issues that were not actually checkerboarded issues, but had the checkerboard on it in homage. We have like three listeners. And then... They're not going to listen to us for that long. We're going to do... I have my Congo Bill podcast I've been wanting to do for 25 years, and then... um, Well, there's so much going on. Work friend Chuck and I are starting our own podcast about superhero movie music. I cannot wait to sleep to that. And uh, things are really <laughs> happening. I'm going to have a media empire by the time I'm 70. Well, I have to report, or I'm happy to report that I am reading um, Doctor Strange comics right now. You are? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. I'm over, loving over. them. I got Doctor Strange. I don't know. This, these comics is 1 through 20. You know, these. Oh, yes. Yeah. The uh, monitor. Turn that around again. Okay. 
It's the, uh, yes, the recent Mark Wade series. Oh my God, it is the best. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. Yes, I said that. I'm having a good time with that. I'm so, not a Marvel guy, but I do like Doctor Strange. I and, am not a gar- Marvel guy either. I really not, but I love Doctor Strange. I've been reading the Avengers, the Bronze Age Avengers. And I, I also love those. Who else do I like? Um, the guy who does magic, um, um, whose mm-hmm. soul is damned or whatever. Um, what? Oh, no, no, no. Come on. He has a magic shop. He didn't need any... Um, Hellblazer? No, 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 no. Oh, goodness uh. gracious. Oh, I can't think of it. It'll pop in my head here pretty magic soon. Magic shop. No, he, he has. He's a magician, and he has, and he has all sorts of spells, and he does all sorts of things like that. Um, but he's, he's, he's. Um, oh shit! It's a comic. Uh, well, it was a series on television, and I'm assuming that it was built on a comic. Um, walks around in a coat and in a, in a trench coat all the time with a white shirt and uh-huh. dark pants and Sandman. Your. Our listener is screaming right now because you are not telling me who it is, and my I listen- don't. I have no idea. And the listener is also not screaming because, of course, I don't know what it is. Uh, it'll come. It's not Lucifer. No, it's not Luke. God. 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 What is it? What is it? He. Um, he. He does mystical things uh-huh. with dark magic and stuff like that. But he's not evil. He's a crime fighter, and he's a. Oh. Uh, bl- uh, black. Oh. Blackie and the magic shop kids. You're an idiot. The Dresden Files. No, no, that's God. It's a man's name. What color is the trench coat? Tan. Constantine. God, that's it. Well, that's it. is that a DC or that's probably Marvel, right? It's DC, but you okay. uh, can be forgiven for not knowing. I said Hellblazer, which is the name of the comic series, oh, starring John oh. Constantine. Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank You're you. very welcome. I'd like to read that. Okay. Uh, yes. We can arrange that. Yes, I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I like anything that, that that sort of dabbles in the in in like the supernatural or the occult. Sure. I'm not. I'm less crazy about superpowers. Uh-huh. Uh, as I as I am about having access to uh, supernatural and the occult and stuff like that, mysterious, dark, you know, good versus evil sort of. Well, actually, good versus evil is a constant theme in all the. Sure. Yeah, but I I love that stuff. That's what. I mean, I don't, you know, I just think it's really cool. So you you're you're accurate. Yeah. Uh, you know, he dated Zatanna for a while. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. Thank you for. Thank you for finally remembering it. John Gee, Constantine. you're welcome. Yeah, Constantine. Oh, my God. That was a good show. Wasn't it? Yeah. Why did they cancel it? Because they're idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Oh. The Atom, number 28, January 1967. Uh-huh. The time has come mm-hmm. to announce that time has no beginning and no ending for Kronos, the clockwork crook. Mm-hmm. He uses his wonder watches as weapons to loot and steal his treacherous timepieces as traps for the unwary. But the Wizard of Watches reserved his best timer to stop the Atom dead, leaving him free to commit his... Time Standstill Thefts. Story by Gardner Fox, Mm. art by Gil Kate and Sid Green. This is a great splash page. Mm -hmm. I do not like the nose part of the mask on Kronos. Yeah, is wearing like a gimp mask, and it's... Gimp? Yeah. What's that? You know, like uh, those sex slaves. Like Bruce Willis wore in Pulp Fiction. Oh. 
Okay, I didn't realize that they had an actual name. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I've heard. I've not um, ever worn one. No, no, no. But it's, I mean, Gil Kane's artwork is tremendous, but there's a lot of detail on this mask about the way that it's like stretched over his top lip, but you can still see his bottom lip and his ears poking out. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's supposed to be skin tight, but yet it's stretched over the nose and the and the top lip. Um, I think in his original appearance, or at least in some appearances of this era, I've seen Kronos in... Are you trying to do it with your lips? You heard, you've heard you heard someone killing time, Adam. Well, I've arranged time to kill you. Um, <laughs> That's what happens if you can't eat your top lip. I've seen versions of his mask when they just literally have a hole for the mouth, uh-huh. like clutch cargo. Uh-huh. Um, which does look like a gimp mask, exactly. Mm. And then I think later on they figured out that they could just color his whole face and head white and make it look like the mask was painted on or something. I, when, I, when I saw that, I thought, well, they, they absolutely have full face, mask, full face mask heroes. What in the world are they doing <laughs> in this guy? You know, anyway. Let's... Famously, the Golden Age Adam, who just had a full face mask with no mouth, eyeballs and no mouth. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So we go to the story itself. Yes. This man is so happy. The tears stream down his cheeks. His name is Anton Tejas, a Hungarian refugee newly arrived to the United States. Do you think that's pronounced Tejas? I wasn't sure. It's T-E-L-J-A-S. It's oh, Hungarian. Oh, I said Tejas. I'm so sorry. Telhas. Telhas or is it Teljas? I, we don't... Uh, well, I don't Hungarian, speak Hungarian. I don't either. Hungarian is not... A language like German or... No. no, no, no. It's its own language, so I have no idea. You know where the Hungarians came from? Uh, Use your words. Uh, let me see. Hungary. I'm trying to think of where... No, I don't. The Huns. Attila oh, the Huns. Oh, okay, so the East. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For you comic cats who never dug Anton Telhas or Teljas, he is the clockwork expert whose timepieces played a critical role in weapon watches of the time-wise guy from Adam number 13, a master jeweler in his native Hungary. He has now come to America and to a job in the Thornwood Jewel Salon, where owner Claude Thornwood is proud to introduce him to his best clients, like Mrs. Templeton. Mrs. Templeton. The world-famous Anton will repair your watch, Mrs. Templeton. He looks at me and says, A very beautiful timepiece, madam, and one of the most expensive... The watch is gone. It vanishes into thin air. And she says, You thief! You stole my beautiful cocktail watch by some sleight-of-hand trick. I demand your arrest and imprisonment. Madam, I assure you, it was not I who stole your watch. If indeed, daughters, what happened to it? I got it, Zsa Gabor. You did. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Now, let's thicken the mystery even more by checking in earlier that day at Ivy Town Bank as the president is opening the time lock vault. The president's about to summon the tellers to take their cash for the day. Surely that's not how it works at a bank. I don't think that someone says, summon the tellers. No. Release the tellers. <laughs> click, I mean, click, I don't, click, click, do they click, get click, their own deals. cash out of the vaults? Someone has to, like, uh, They do m- not keep their it. money in their drawers overnight. No, they do lock No, I mean, the but vault. they don't, like, the teller doesn't just trot down to the vault and get the money. Like, someone should bring mm. it, right? The teller does, but they do it accompanied. Yeah, they they literally 
put it in a vault and lock it up and then come I out know and get that it. part. I'm just saying the teller isn't responsible for going to the vault and getting the cash. Like, it oh, should do you be think the... it's someone else's job? How about only... that cop that's standing right there? Well, the cop is there to make sure that the tellers actually take the money back and forth. Well, how about the bank president? Can the bank president out? might be present too, but what if they have like five or six tellers and they all have to go down there? Just accept the fact that the tellers do. I won't money. accept it. I won't. Just, they don't the... get summoned. They don't get summoned. They all, they all have a regular schedule. They know exactly when to go down and get the. the the, the money. No, listen. The, what, the, 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 the ridiculous part of this is that someone is that the bank president says, "Summon the tellers to take their cash for the day." That's stupid, and they're not. You're it's stupid. Not laying, it's not laying in a uh, in a in a stack on a table. Look, in, if you're at the grocery store and they need to change out their cash drawer, the manager comes over with the cash drawer and does it. They don't. The, Little checkout gal doesn't go to the office and the vault and get when the cash out. When I worked in a grocery store, oh, here we, we go. would go to the main cashier, uh-huh. uh, the supervisor, and ch- sign out our cash drawers and count it in in their presence to make sure that the accurate that the money was accurate. Because if the money was gone, we would get you know we'd be responsible for it. So you double check to make sure the money's there, and then you go and you. That's what surprises me. You know what surprises me about Food Lion when we go to get what? our groceries? That one cashier will come and take over for another cashier, and they don't change the cash drawer. Well, that's ridiculous. That's why you never went anywhere in that industry. That's I could the way have they got to do it. I could have been second assistant manager. You sure could have. I was in the in the uh, in the luggage store or produce in. boy. Yes, um, I could have even been a store manager. I could have been hell. I could have been a regional manager. Are you kidding me? Anyway, where are you shopping at Food Line that they even have tellers? Because it's all automated. They do it cashiers. yourself now. They have cashiers. Well, every time I'm there, it's to do it yourself. And they, I hate the do it yourself. And thing. that machine screams so at you. It does. Welcome. Please enter your frequent shopper card. Your frequent shopper card has been accepted. That see now maybe you should go reapply because now you've got the you've got it. You could. Probably be produce manager by now. Oh, could you imagine handling all that wet produce all day? Oh, mm. or how about the bloody meats? Mm. Anyway, the cash disappears into thin air. So sorry, tellers. And You're then have to uh, pay for panel, that out of your check. Next panel down. Um, to tantalize you with another instance, consider what happened in the home of wealthy industrialist Todd Good. Todd Good. Industrialist Todd Good, yes. Yeah. As Maxine, the maid, was about to... Maxine, the maid. She's got a nurse's outfit I on, know. by the way. Um, was about to polish a rare French pistol watch, circa 1810. Have you anticipated the action meter? I have. I know what's going to happen. She goes, Sacre bleu, the pistol watch went poof, like a magic. Everyone knows that French maids wear black uniforms, not white like nurses. Yes, and the skirts are very Very high. short. She does have that French beauty mark on her cheek, mm. though. Painted on, I'm sure. The next move, off we go to the local police station where the banker and industrialist make their complaints, demanding a thorough police investigation. So who do the police turn to? Professor of Physics Ray Palmer, naturally. The brilliant Ivy University research scientist who has helped with baffling cases in the past. I don't... Yes, you have a question? I think I'm going to say the same thing you're going to say. What? I actually know a couple physics professors. Uh Uh-huh. And... I don't think they would be called upon to to solve cases. No, indeed. I think you would call first the detective that you have already been paying a salary to. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of a tenured professor of physics who's probably making, let's see, 1967, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 seven grand a year. Oh, the dogs might start barking. 
Why? Well, the Amazon truck has pulled up. <gasps> to our house? To our house. What's it bringing? I don't know. Tell me. Tell me at I once. I have no idea. Is it anything oh, for you? I don't know. Well, I'm not expecting anything else for you. I'm not either expecting Actually, anything I am expecting for you. One thing oh, I am for expecting you. something for you also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what it is. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm not sure if the dogs are going to bark. What do you think? Well, if they do, they well, do. They're walking up. They're, Hello. Do they see you? Well, of course. I can see them walking up. Yes. Oh, did they wave? Uh, well, it's pitch black outside, so I have no idea. I saw somebody in a uniform, uh-huh. but I, I can't even make out features or anything uh, because it's so dark and their and their their lights are shining maybe it's a ghost no and our lights are on here so no i can't make it out so i hope they don't so, ring the doorbell uh nope they're walking away professor okay. of physics ray palmer deduces mm-hmm. from the fact that a time lock vault and a french pistol clock were involved mm-hmm. his guess is that chronos the time thief escaped from jail and is back in business uh, I love this next page. Mrs. Ophelia Templeton makes her charge, then listens politely as he says. Since all three robberies were accomplished in the same fantastic manner, I hardly think a court of law would judge Mr. Telhus guilty. I am innocent. Wait, wait, wait. I am innocent. What's more, I shall prove it. For a time in my native Bud- Budapest, I was a detective. Oh, wow, that's new. All right, I shall use my talents here in America to solve the mystery, thereby showing my gratitude to this fine country for allowing me to come here and live. Very well, young man. In that case, I withdraw all charges, but please do all you can to recover my watch. I'm going to go have my face stretched. (laughs) She does have a very stretchy face. She does. Later that evening, Ray returns to his laboratory and the project from which the police call interrupted him. It's a larger gravity motor uh, among the, along the likes of this small model he's working on, mm-hmm. which will revolutionize spaceship travel thinking. Not spaceship travel, spaceship travel thinking. <laughs> so and the, the, along the lines of thinking, imagine going anywhere in the universe without fuel by using the gravity of the earth to repel it and the gravity of a planet or a star to attract it a spaceship could travel to distant worlds at fan gulp tastic speeds a the gravity motor suddenly blinked out of sight just like the cocktail watch the french pistol clock the money from the bank vault and then i don't know what he's doing with his head and his chin it looks like he's popping his neck doing a chiropractic adjustment Uh right Uh doesn't it yeah yeah he says wait a moment The coffee is perking even though I just turned the heater on. It takes five minutes to perk, and uh uh-oh, my solar energy clock shows five minutes after nine. Evidently, I've just lost five minutes of my life. Oh, my God, imagine we discovered that you've just lost five minutes of your life. Has that ever happened to you? Um, It happens every night of my life. I lose hours of my life. No, I mean in waking time when you can't explain it. No. Do you know what happened to my cousins? <laughs> God. They oh, were... You've never, ever told this story on our podcast. My cousins, they're two brothers from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to a concert. I don't know what it was, but they were riding together in a truck. Mm-hmm. And they were driving home from the concert. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it was like three hours later, they were however long you can get in three hours, that distance away from where they had remembered being. Mm-hmm. Now, these boys, I wouldn't have put it past them that they had a little marijuana or something in their mm-hmm. system. At least. But they did not 
leave the road. Like they, the truck was still on a road and had driven mm-hmm. that distance. Just missed the time that they had no idea what happened. They both lost both of them three at hours. the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I do believe uh, when you're around your cousins, you're uh, never more than ten feet away from a joint or a sidearm. True. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, I think I'm actually quoting one of them. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Probably. I've never had that proven, but. But they've often, I think it was... Uh, your you want to have it proven? That can be arranged, son. And they talk just like your dad. I know. Yeah. yeah. So he's lost five minutes. Uh, he's a professor of physics, so we know he does not imbibe any illegal substances. He says, so if Cronus is behind these time robberies, as I'm now convinced he is, he'll be back as soon as he notes that he didn't get all of the gravity motor. I'll be ready for him as... Fiato! Click, 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 click. As everyone knows, he has his size and weight controls in his palms of his hands. Mm -hmm. And he clicks it to become the atom to shrink down where his costume appears. He's always wearing his costume, but it's only visible when he's tiny. Does it have holes for him to go through to go to the bathroom? Well, I'm assuming it's permeable because it's not mussing his hair when he's full size. Oh. It's just sort of like a gossamer net of some kind. (laughs) A gossamer net. Doesn't mess with his hair. That's weird. That means that, like, whenever he touches his skin, it's always there. Yeah. That's bizarre. You're bizarre. (laughs) So he, Kronos didn't steal the whole assembly. He only took half of it. So Adam's going to hide in the control unit, which he deduces that Kronos will come back for. And indeed, he does. Uh, Now... Kronos makes his way back to his own lab mm-hmm. and is surprised when the Atom leaps out of this control unit. Yes. What? And he punches him. Oh, wait. Right? How did you talk like the Kronos voice? I can't remember. Oh, I didn't give him a voice. Uh, you did. What's this? Oh, oh yeah. What a time you picked to show up, Adam. <laughs> just when my plans are running clock smooth. <laughs> yes, you just, you just hold your upper lip. <laughs> And you get none of your P's can sound like P's. They're also like F's. <laughs> well, Adam's not taking it. He's going to just use, as you know, he can make his entire 180-pound weight packed into his six-inch tininess. Yes. So he punches Granos on the exposed lower lip. Sorry, the washing machine's going off in the background. It'll stop in a minute here. Sorry about that. Uh, now... It's time for Kronos to finish the atom off for good. Great jumping jag teeth. <laughs> There's a little flying saucer clock thing that's got a buzzsaw around the middle of it. Kronos says, this buzzsaw clock. <laughs> <laughs> this buzzsaw clock is electronically set to pursue and destroy you, Atom. You can't avoid it. It's mechanism. <laughs> I love doing this. Its mechanism is geared to the exact amount of heat your body gives off. <laughs> I never had such a good time in my life seeing your life about to be cut short. The heat's on, Adam. Here it comes back at you. This thing's swooshing and swishing around like crazy. Oh, God, it's so much fun. <laughs> no matter where the atom goes, it goes. He drops to the floor. He's running toward the safe in the corner. Um, Now, he's going to quickly adjust his weight controls to make himself super light so that he can jump up 
and hope that the buzzsaw can't follow him that quickly. I thought he was. I thought he was going to jump right into the costume of Cronus. Oh, I that thought would have been great because because then the thing would have would would have attacked him. By by attacking Kronos. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Of course, heroes never kill. So, oh, I thought he was going to go super tiny and jump into the safe. Oh, me too, me too, me but too, he me didn't too. Do that. No. no. Uh, so the buzzsaw clock is eradicated, and Adam uses a loose spring from the assembly to launch himself up towards Kronos, and Kronos is about to switch tactics yes adam gives him one punch without enough leverage he's getting ready to increase his weight to give him another final punch he hits the button to clear and then uh, chronos says activation time on my time and feeling divine don't take time out now for breath catching dr husband because we've got the rest of the story to go in part two of time standstill thefts <laughs> Time stops short for the atom, as it stopped for Ray Palmer. He's frozen in mid-motion, robbed of his senses. He plummets forward onto the floor. Kronos gets a pair of tweezers to try to get his mask off. He says, huh, the face mask won't come off. I don't remember the, I mean, I guess it must have been a thing that his face mask is adhered to his face Somehow, atomically. Well, no I, can... I, I'm sure no other person in the world thinks about this but me, but I am, frankly, I'm disgusted by this whole thing about the, the, the costumes always on. It can't be peeled away. <laughs> what if it's like, I mean, it, it's not hygienic. It's just not hygienic. I'm sorry. It's made of white dwarf star matter. It's probably self-cleaning. Okay. Uh, I'll suspend disbelief for that. So anyways. You're worried about how he wipes, aren't you? I'm not only worried about that. What about a sweat? What about what about the, the shedding of skin cells? Uh, the hair that falls out? All these things. What about it? Well, as we'll see in the second story, he's hairless, except for his head. So I think maybe the mask actually, is when he, when he becomes big again, the mask comes off. He can pull it off his face. Uh, okay. I think it just sort of rests like a little wrinkle on, on the nape of his neck. <laughs> okay, so the um, time, uh, Cronus says, Oh, well, what difference does it make? Soon enough, you can be dead, Adam. I know you can't hear me, but I've got, I just got to tell somebody about this our hand homicide. Classic time. villain. He's going to tell the whole plan, even though no one can hear him. You've heard of someone killing time. In this case, time is going to kill you. <laughs> the minute hand of my floor clock is moving closer and closer to the hour hand. You'll snap <laughs> Out of your time paralysis. At the very instant, the edge crushes you. There's no escape from this trap, Adam. <laughs> In case you missed that, he has uh, strapped the Adam to the hour hand of a clock, which is a special kind of a floor clock, uh, which is lucky for the Adam, as we'll see. He could have done it on a wall clock, but I guess this is a special kind of a floor clock in case you don't feel like looking up at the wall. You it's could kind just of a look bitch of a thing to have to clean around. I mean, honestly, a sunken floor clock. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're vacuuming and like, oh, I gotta get out the broom and the dustpan and I gotta, gotta vacuum out each of the little dials, you know. Oh, this God. fella doesn't strike me as someone who vacuums. Uh, with that costume, he compl- he's a clean freak. <laughs> Do you think so? Oh, look at him. He's wearing a gimp mask. He's got stripedy stockings on, yellow boots, and a f- b- red bikini briefs. 
this boy spends a lot. This man spends a lot of time cleaning his house, if you know what I mean. Oh, well. <laughs> so the minute hand is getting closer to the atom, and when they meet, it will crush the atom, and he's still. Uh, yeah, in I guess time it's stasis. Slice him. Yeah, slice, he's in time slice stasis. Him slowly. Yeah. Okay, so now what are going? Where are we going? Now we're going to the docks, uh, crossing a gangplank to the ship. Where Kronos says, "I don't dare draw attention." Oh, sorry. I don't dare draw attention to myself in my Kronos uniform, so I move about the city in civvies. Tonight's mission is to deprive this ship of the clock treasures it's brought back from an archaeological expedition. <laughs> hey, mister, no visitors allowed aboard. <laughs> My time sense stealer will make everybody on board helpless to stop me. By slowing down the physical and mental processes of the human body, it has the effect of temporarily suspending time for its victims. Their senses register neither sight, nor sound, nor touch. <laughs> God. So he's creeping around the city in civilian clothes, but he doesn't take the gimp mask off. No, and of just course it's still stretching. It's, uh, so I guess it's adhered. Somehow it's under his upper lip, which yeah. makes it... Oh, it's so Painful. Much fun. Yes, feeling more at ease in his clock-like costume. He's just taken off his overcoat and hat. Uh-huh. Um, Kronos safely enters the ship's storeroom here. These archaeological finds... These archaeological finds, timepieces from the ancient world, are all mine. As soon as I summon up my flying sundial here, I'll carry them off. Flying sundial, like hoodoo voodoo on the Lidsville. Hmm. As Kronos' electronic message from his remote control device flashes across Ivy Town, another device is being focused on the Time Thief's hideout. Yes, it's Mr. Telhas. With his skill, he made a special compass watch that points to the peculiar radiation he found on the jeweler's eyepiece, which he deduced was used by Kronos to take that cocktail watch away from him. My goodness, that's what is happening next. Well, death is coming for the atom. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, Meanwhile, inside Cronus's laboratory, tick, time is tick, running out on the trapped tiny titan as the minute hand edge moves closer and closer. Here it comes. What a rude awakening for Adam when he snaps back to life only to have it abruptly cut short. Zip. The minute hand sweeps over the Adam just as he opens his eyes. But look! The hour hand is bending under the mighty weight. Under the, might, uh, under the mighty might. <laughs> under the mighty might. M-I-T-E. Yes. How come? I know. Look at the sound effect. Ick, ick, dot, dot, ick. He was mid-click when he got frozen in time, and now he's unfrozen in time, and the click continues, and he is his full 180-pound weight, and he smashes that floor clock. That's why you don't keep clocks on the floor. <laughs> Not only is that, he also takes that dental floss that the guys used to wrap up his hand and yep. makes short work of that, doesn't yep. he? Sure mm -hmm. he does. Can't hold him when he's 180 pounds. Mm-mm. I, I should know. That's my weight. <laughs> you don't look like the Adam at 180 pounds. Well, because he's shrunk himself. That's oh, why. Oh, okay, okay. I'm full-grown height at oh. 180 pounds, so. Okay. That's, mm. I mean, that's what people look like, 180 pounds. Oh, okay. Adults. That's why we have no scales in our home. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Because I know my weight. I don't have to weigh myself every day. You know it. <laughs> so suddenly, the keen eyes of the world's smartest superheroes sees... 
His flying sundial starting to rise. Gulp. Kronos must be bringing it to him by remote control. That gives me my opportunity to find him by hopping aboard. Hop? Also, Mr. Telhas is outside. He sees the flying sundial flying away. And with the aid of his special clock, he's going to track it wherever it goes. I guess in his car, his red car. His red car, yeah. yes. Um, off we go to the archaeological ship. Kronos is welcoming his flying sundial. And who do you think glides down? The... Atom. Atom bomb away. He uses his special weight distribution. What? The atom? I thought you were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. The time tyrant buckles under, and Atom strips him of his time-sense paralyzer device so he can't freeze Atom motionless anymore. But Atom has taken a bit too much wrecking time. Kronos grabs an ancient stone dial and says, This is really going... Oh, God. This is really going to hang heavy on you, Adam. After I bash you to a pulp, <laughs> groan, Adam says. I better shrink fast. Sink in between the atoms of that Greek sundial. So that's what he does, huh? He sinks that's in what he does. Yeah. Now, Kronos knows that's what he does, and he's just going to take the sundial and throw it in the ocean. Yeah, don't you think the atom would just basically, like, crush? So he would, like, make himself big again and crush? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he doesn't need to because here's Mr. Telhas who catches the stone sundial or whatever the crap it is. And then throws it back at Kronos. Which which misses him. It misses him. Mm -hmm. But you know what's not going to miss him? The atom jumping out. The atom. The atom jumps out and gives him a big zwomp across the face. And he's KO'd. Yeah. Yeah. So, as the time thesis is turned over to the police... Give Anton Telhas the credit for Kronos' capture officers. If he hadn't intercepted the sundial I was in, Kronos might have escaped, and I might have drowned. Adam is too kind. I did nothing. I came to America to be free, a free man, as I fought for freedom in Hungary. So I fought for it here. To stay out of jail, to clear my name, and to see justice done. I am content... Next day, in the Thornwood Jewel Salon... Since you helped catch Kronos and restored my cocktail watch to me, I'm going to give you all my business, Mr. Tell... Just... Tell us. Wait your turn, lady. I want Tell Just to make a better time lock for my bank vault. I wanted to fix my pistol clock. No need to shove, gentlemen. I have plenty of time to fix everybody's timepieces. All the time in the world. That is until he (laughs) he dies. Is he going to die? Eventually. We all die. Uh, Are you sad that this is the end of that story? Yeah. Don't be, because we have another story. (gasps) What? After these messages, we'll be right back. What do you get when a fantasy gaming horror sci-fi geek and an army veteran history nerd want to do a comic book related podcast? Why? You get the Weird Wars podcast, of course. Weird War Tales was a 124 issue DC comic book series published from 1971 to 1983. Along the way, we'll sidetrack on to an occasional special mission where we discuss an issue of a like themed comic book from a different title or publisher. There are also the rare Road Warriors episodes where we report on comic related road trips like convention 
conventions or visiting the homes and grave sites of comic greats. We'll nitpick what the comics creative team got wrong and crawl about what they got right. We'll also break down the facts behind the fiction in the stories which is sometimes quite weird in its own right. Even the letters page and our favorite ads can't escape our judgment, just as we can't escape yours in our own dead letter office mailbag. Torpedo-eating dinosaurs. Haunted chateaus. Time-traveling rats. Zombie robots. Day-walking vampires. Gargoyle armies. And that's just in the first 20. Weird War Tales episodes. So, report for duty with the Weird Warriors podcast with Max and Rich, where we promise to make war no more. Wow, you're really committed to drinking your fresca out of a wine glass, aren't you? I am today. Yes. At a girl. Yes, it makes me feel like I'm on some sort of special occasion. Mm, okay. Mm. You do you, boo. Mm-hmm. Hey. <sighs> yep. The blight struck swiftly and with terrifying deadliness. Every man, woman, and child in Ivy Town, including Jean Loring, the girl research scientist Ray Adam Palmer hopes to marry, was struck with a plague that robbed them of size and senses. Their one hope of salvation was the world's smallest superhero who had to brave one danger after another to effect the rescue of the 100,000 Atoms of Ivy Town. Atoms is in quotation marks, of course. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is interesting mm-hmm. because we're in a time we've seen several, you know, one issue, full issue stories. Mm-hmm. We've seen several continuing stories. Mm-hmm. And now here we have the uh, somewhat more old-fashioned Two stories in the same issue. I'm glad you brought that up. I was wondering about that. Were you? Mm-hmm. So I don't have any, you know, insight about it. I just think it's interesting that there's this we kind of two stories. transitional mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the olden days, mm-hmm. when the hero had their own self-titled comic, it would be just one story after another of them, just them, mm. maybe with a humor page thrown in here and there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but of course, page counts have shrunk now in the 60s. So, yeah. Yeah. We're left with two stories, or perhaps only one per issue, or perhaps a continuing story from one issue to the next. Page counts have shrunk since the 60s? Since the, fo- I'm talking about the 40s oh. when the heroes had their own self titled magazines. Mm, mm-hmm, Superman mm-hmm. and Batman, that crowd. Sure. Uh, at a hot, as a hot summer sun beats down on Ivy Town for the first time in a week. Research scientist Ray Palmer calls on his fiancée, Lady Lawyer Jean Loring. A lady lawyer? Uh Mm Uh-huh. She's not going to marry him because she doesn't want to give up her career. I don't blame her. Um, Hi, honey. All set for our picnic? As far as you are concerned, yes. I've prepared your favorites. Fried chicken, deviled eggs, homemade cherry pie. Those are my favorites too, Adam. Oh, yeah. Are you inviting me to your picnic? Oh, totally. Ah, sounds terrific, but haven't you forgotten the most important thing? Oh, you mean your hello kiss? Come and get it. Eagerly, Ray wraps his arms around Jean and kisses... Uh-huh? Empty air! <laughs> his eyes widen to saucer size as he sees Jean shrinking. Ray, what's happened? All of a sudden I'm started to shrink... Like the Adam, Ray thinks, can this be my fault? I always wear the white dwarf star uniform in which I appear as the Adam, uh-huh. Mm. Can its presence have affected Jean at long last? Help me, Ray. I, 
Oh. The shrinking stopped, but she's fainted. This is awful. What'll I do? Every time I've tried to restore the normal size anything which has shrunk, it has always blown up. We don't want her to blow up. Except that instance with Zatanna, previously mentioned on this broadcast. Mm -hmm. But she used magic to protect herself. That was in the atom number 19. Mm. I've got to get Jean to my lab and make the try. Off he goes, dashing to his convertible gadabout. And races to the university. He doesn't want to subject Jean to danger, but he has no choice. It's either that or she may remain one foot tall the rest of her life, and you can't marry that. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't marry a doll. So, a live doll. Um, so, he lays her gingerly on his table there in his laboratory. Knowing that it may reveal his identity. Yes, if, it said, works. if I do this, he said, perhaps if I do this gradually, as deep sea divers rise gradually to the surface and so avoid the bend, I can safely enlarge Jean to her proper size. Having set the automatic device to stop and go at slow intervals, Ray paces back and forth, and when he glances out the laboratory window... <laughs> huh? Great stars, Gene isn't the only person in Ivy Town to do the drinking bit. This street is full of tiny passing out people. <laughs> tiny fainting people in this Tiny fainting people Tiny fainting people everywhere. Fainting people. <laughs> Moments later, on the campus outside, Ray realizes he's never seen some of these people before. That means nearness to his invisible when expanded uniform has nothing to do with the sudden shrinking. <laughs> it is draped everywhere. <laughs> like it's tea time at the, the, the Thunderbird the set. set. <laughs> Then what is causing it? I can't put all of these victims under my special lens. This is the most fantastic panel I've ever seen. Jumping into that car. Him leaping. in. He's jumped six feet into the <laughs> air to get into his convertible. Well, Gene's on the table and everyone's shrinking. I guess he could adjust his weight when he's full size. Maybe I don't he's know. made himself it's, feather light so he can do a dramatic jump into the car. It's a really good, fantastic uh, drawing. This do you remember that, that Superman comic we were reading a couple days, a couple weeks ago, where um, uh, it looked like Superman had been drawn, just like somebody had taken a mannequin and threw uh -huh. it, <laughs> threw it. You know, you don't get any of that with this. No. This is really good artwork. This, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this. What? I, and I mean it, too. I really enjoy this artwork. I enjoy these comics. It's, uh, yes. I this, never thought I'd say that. My past self never thought I would say that. Well, people change. Mm. This reminds me of the very first story of this incarnation of the Atom, in which he has to use his scientific powers to rescue Gene and some Girl Scouts or something from the <laughs> cave-in, mm. um, which he never, I mean, it's that's his origin story, so he never appears in costume. Oh. He just uh, has to use a lens of glass to shrink himself, and then he uses an engagement ring, because that's when he's going to propose to Gene, and he has uh -huh. the engagement ring, and he cuts out the hole in the rock so he can get out and escape and rescue the children. My goodness. And it's just, you know, I like stories of adventurous scientists. Sure. Being one myself, you know. 
Um, moving on. <laughs> eye rolls are not readable on podcasts. Unknown to Ray, while he had been occupied with Gene, a band of out-of-town crooks had driven into town and was robbing the local bank. They had not yet summoned their tellers to no. go to the vault to get their cash. Fill this bag up with cash, teller, and hurry it up. I've got a nervous trigger finger that'll calm down only by the feel of money. Hey, is this some kind of trick? I'm warning you. Harry, look. All of a sudden, everybody but us got small and keeled over. Say, this is great. We can take all the dough without interference. This is the break of a lifetime. The whole town's gone tiny. Man, will we ever take advantage of this? Yeah, we'll hit the rest of the banks, the jewelry stores, even the famous glassworks where they keep valuable museum pieces. And so it is that as Ray enters the glassworks somewhat later... He's driving to the glassworks because they have special lenses there that he can use to help the town. Nah. Uh, what's <laughs> yeah. this? <laughs> uh, what's what? this? Crooks stealing the glass museum's priceless treasures. Why haven't they shrunk like everyone else in town? Exactly, yes. As a matter of fact, why, why haven't, haven't I shrunk? Moments later, after Ray has reduced his size to that of a six-inch tiny titan... And picked up a pair of, uh, what do you call those things that they shape glass with when it's molten? Uh, glass shaping pincers. Yes. Pincers. Pincers. He pinces one of these crook's fingers. Here's where I put the pinch on you, pal, with this bottleneck shaper. Oh, a bottleneck shaper. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, the crook howls. The atom! He, well, he punches away, punches and punches. Click, click, click. Avoids some gunfire. Blam, blam, blam. Uh, he draws the crook's attention to a shelf full of stone molds, mm-hmm. which I guess they use in glass making, and he topples it over on top of the crook's. <laughs> now he's going to go about the business of what brought him there in the first place, finding these special lenses, which he's going to... <sighs> He drives a truck with the big lenses and the cables attached to them to the nearby heliport because as a professor of physics, naturally, he can also fly a helicopter. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm astounded. The helicopter. What can't he do? The helicopter is equipped with Art Deco glass block windows like you'd have in a bathroom window in your mid-century home. Mm-hmm. He has to work as fast as he can to get the maximum value out of the afternoon sunlight. By focusing the solar rays through the big lenses, I hope to blanket all of Ivy Town and save its 100,000 inhabitants. Mm. So he flies these two lenses mm-hmm. attached to a helicopter mm-hmm. up into the air. Mm-hmm. By flying high enough, he'll diffuse the ultraviolet rays over the most territory in the shortest town. Giving him a lot of time to think. Think about what caused everyone in town to shrink. There's only one thing in common to everyone in Ivy Town that no other nearby town has. The Ivy Town Town Reservoir. Reservoir. So as he circles over the reservoir waters, he's noticing something. He goes, I was right. Those bubbles indicate where some foreign body fell into the water. After I finish bathing the town with sunlight, I'll dive down there and take a closer look. And that's just what he does sometime afterward. He strips to his underwear... And dives right into the reservoir. It's a fragment of a white dwarf star. The same type from which his atom uniform is made. It's 
Radiations affected the water, causing everyone in Ivy Town who drank it to shrink in size. Mm -hmm. He was immune, of course, because his body has adapted itself to that radiation. The so what does he do? He obtains a spare size and weight control device that he keeps at home. Yeah. He ties it around the chunk of the white dwarf star. Uh-huh. Turning on the controls, the chunk will grow smaller and even heavier and sink to the molten core of the planet where it will destroy the planet. <laughs> he says it will never harm anyone again, but... But I'm if thinking, the planet's destroyed, I think that's going to destroy everyone. I think a chunk of a white star, white dwarf star that has this terrible effect on someone, hiding it in the center of the Earth, in the molten center of the Earth, I wonder if that's really going to do it. And is the device that he's using yeah. to shrink it down going to survive that descent through Oh, I all think he can shrink it and then take the belt off. Once it oh, shrunk. okay. Um, but but doesn't uh, he have to? How's it going to? Is it just the weight just going to make it break through all those layers of rock? Well, the, if it's first of all, unshrunken, it's a chunk of white dwarf star, the size of a human head or a football. The Earth or is already bed. destroyed. Can yeah. we just accept that? Okay, yeah. I don't know if there's ever been an explanation in comics continuity mm -hmm. in story for why white dwarf star matter can just be made into a costume and not destroy the in fact the whole solar system uh, and, and while we're at it yeah why don't we just accept that this professor of physics who could also fly helicopters and do all sorts of amazing things uh -huh. possesses knowledge that you and I will never have well now listen i've just assumed that he's a professor of physics but that it only ever refers to him as a research scientist. We don't know what he's researching except for space travel thinking oh. and shrinking things. He might be a quack that they've just that had got tenure and then it was too late to fire him, and so they just let him diddle around in his laboratory <laughs> and do whatever he wants to. Who knows? Okay, so. One last task remains. Yes. The, the dumping of chemicals in the water will neutralize the effect of the dwarf Just put all the chemicals you want in there. Yeah, giant fine. tablets of chemicals. Uh -huh. um, it's clear now that there was a delayed reaction to the irradiated water because until today, the sun hadn't shown in Ivy Town in a week. Yes. Mission accomplished. Ray carries Jean home and places her on her living room divan. Where in due time... I've... I, I've regained my normal size... I remember fainting. Oh, Ray, what must you think of me? I'm so embarrassed. No need to be, darling. Everybody in Ivytown shrank and fainted. The loss of consciousness suffered by the whole population was caused by a temporary insufficient supply of blood to the brain, caused in turn by the physical and mental shock of shrinking inside. But how did that happen in the first place? We'll find out, I guess, after an investigation is made. And the atom appears to reveal what happened. As luck had it, I was able to keep my secret identity after all. It's much too late for a picnic. What can we do now? I know what I'm going to do. I have a bit of unfinished business to take care of. <laughs> Say, that's right. Ray was cheated of his kiss, wasn't he? But he's making up for lost time now. And how? Speaking of kisses, you won't be getting any in the near future until I get over this cold. Oh, my God. No. No kisses for me. Thank you. You can find us 
on social media at go go check pod you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from and you can find us right back here next week christmas eve what <gasps> we're gonna record on christmas eve yes we are what? You're not even going to be home on Christmas Eve. Oh, I meant the day before Christmas Eve. Yes. You know, Christmas yeah. Eve Eve. Yes. Yeah, the eve of Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> and then I'll have more exciting stories to share from church. Last year, the donkey bucked Mary off its back on Christmas Eve, so I can't wait to see what happens oh, now. Oh, I wish I could be there to see it. Streams oh. on Facebook. You can watch it. Well, well, I, I mean, I'm probably going to be at my church. Well, you know, it's there forever once it's out in the oh, ether. True that. The papists also have early services and all sorts of things. That's so. right. Yes. All right. Take care, everyone. Check out Dr. Bob's Kitchen on YouTube, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.